Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This week on the Euro trip, like a 15th century traveler, we're off to Denmark, Iceland, and Belgium. <laughs> it's time for the Euro trip. Eurotrip, when I read that, I was immediately thinking of the movie. Do you know the movie? Hi, I'm Leanne. Hello, Leanne. Uh, Leanne, are you a Eurotrip podcast listener? I am, yes. <laughs> I, I should say, I met some Eurotrip fans here. I was chatting with people outside the entrance. They said, oh, are you, are you Bella Fist? And I said, yeah, I know you're from the Eurotrip. What did you have for breakfast? It was last night. I did not have a kebab for breakfast. Queen Lorene, Eurovision winner. Did you ever think you would be back here again? I get goosebumps. No way! Martin Ossadar, Executive Supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. Welcome to the Eurotrip. Thank you very much. Welcome back, I think it is, right? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another brand new episode of the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast with me, Rob. Me, James. And this week... Not one, not two, but three guests talking about Eurovision 2024. This last week, Rob, has just been ridiculously busy, and I just feel like I'm not on top of it whatsoever. Has it, just, has it been the same for you? Do you just feel overwhelmed with the last week? It always happens, doesn't it, when we get to the second half of February. Like, you have a combination of internal selections... Artists that have already been selected then announcing their songs or revealing their songs and national finals. It's just all a lot at once and it can all get very overwhelming and I'm sure you are feeling the same listening to this. So we will do our best to try and cut through all of that and try and get a grips with what is happening on the episode today. Yes, as we record on Tuesday afternoon this week, there are seven more songs in for Eurovision this year since we last joined you last Wednesday. So we'll try and focus on as much as we possibly can, including Dansk Melody Grand Prix in Denmark. So they were the, one of the countries to select their song and artist at the weekend. Uh, it is Saba with Sand, who's going to represent them in Malmö. So I'll be chatting to Ulla Topum, who is the Danish commentator at the Eurovision Song Contest, to find out more about that. And then, earlier on this week, or this morning, at the time that me and James are recording, we got Belgium's entry for Eurovision 2024. There is a huge amount of chat about that. Could Belgium be one of the contenders to win? So James will be chatting to an expert over there to find out more. And also, we'll be shining a light on Song of a Kepnen in Iceland by chatting to Hera Bjork, who is attempting to represent them at Eurovision again this year. So we've got all that and more still to come. You're listening on Acast, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. So yes, plenty to pack into today's episode. So buckle up, uh, plenty still to come. Any mention of anything to do with aeroplanes, and in my head buckle up is that. I can't not think of scooch. I don't know if you're the same. Whenever I go on a plane, whenever I go on a holiday, I think of Scooch. That is the, the lasting legacy of Scooch. Classic Eurovision fan behaviour, that is. <laughs> really, honestly, any thought of an aeroplane, Rob always thinks Scooch. I'm not going to be the only one. I'm not going to be the <laughs> only one. 
Anyway, thank you very much to all of you who have been getting in touch with us over the last seven days since we were with you last. We will get to some of your correspondence in a moment. But first, a huge thank you to Eurofiasco, who has been very generous and bought us three coffees over on buymeacoffee.com. So buy me a coffee. This is where you can donate to support what we're doing here on the podcast. Me and James Rule was incredibly grateful if you do that. And thank you to loads of you for being so generous. You don't have to. You can still enjoy the podcast however you do that, however you listen. But if you do want to donate and support us, you uh, you can and we'd be very willing to accept. Uh, but thank you to Europiasco who bought three coffees and said, great work week in, week out, guys. You're the one must-listen Eurovision podcast in my feed since you launched. So Europiasco sounds like has been with us since the start, James. Yes, very, very kind. Thank you so much uh, for, for, for donating and to everybody else who has done uh, on Buy Me A Coffee. And if you want to, if you want to be like Eurofiasco, buymeacoffee.com forward slash Eurotrip podcast. Yes, indeed. Now, I want to chat about weddings again. We, we talked so much about weddings and the Eurovision crossover last week. <laughs> Uh, and then ended up chatting about a couple of listeners who uh, who listened together and then got married and had Eurovision running through the veins of their wedding. It was a shame, wasn't it, that Kira and Mark, this is who you're talking about. Hello again, Kira and Mark. I'm sure you'll hear this at some point. Um, it's a shame that Kira and Mark just didn't play out an episode of the podcast during the wedding reception. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been nice? When everyone nice. was sitting down, having their meal, rather than playing some nice atmospheric music, they could have just had me and you doing the one second song or talking <laughs> utter nonsense. That would have been cute, wouldn't it? Would it? Would it? <laughs> Honestly, if you want to pop the Euro trip on at your wedding, feel free. <laughs> but yes, hello to Kira and to Mark, who, as we said, and as James already said, uh, listened to the podcast, listened together and got married a few weeks ago and had a Eurovision themed wedding. Well, we mentioned this on the podcast last week. And James, I'm delighted to say that Kira has been in touch. Wonderful. I, I know one thing we were chatting about the tables and they were all we think, named after Eurovision songs. And we were trying to figure out why the top table was named after Zitti Yabroni. I don't know if you've got an answer to that. Well, here we go. So Kira says, I'm going to read this message in full. It's very nice. And Kira has also taken the time to message us while on her honeymoon. So it seems a bit rude (laughs) if I started skipping through some of it. Uh, Kira said, hi, James and Rob. Good morning from Australia. Myself and Mark are catching up on the pod just now. I wanted to say a huge thank you for the gorgeous shout out on last week's episode. So kind of you both. I mean, it's the least we can do. Didn't get you a gift. So it's the least we can do. <laughs> uh, for info on the rest of our table names, we chose Zitti Ebuoni for ourselves. So as the top table, because we wanted to pay homage to Italy's most recent win as Turin was the first Eurovision we attended in person. And we got engaged in the grounds of the arena on the night of semi-final two. Isn't that nice? Uh, Kira goes on to say, we also did our first dance to a post-ESC song by our favourite act of 2022. Friends of the Eurotrip podcast, We Are Dommy. It was We Are Dommy's Paradise was their first dance. Honestly. Very nice. Sponsored by the Eurotrip podcast this wedding, I tell you. (laughs) Uh, We aren't on a Eurovision-themed honeymoon, unfortunately, although I'm sure we'll still be milking our honeymoon in Malmo. So they're going to Malmo, uh, but they're travelling around Australia. Are they flying to Sydney? Isn't that nice? So maybe they're still in Sydney by the time they listen to this, or maybe they're on their way home. Uh, The rest of the table names, James, if you're interested. So Zitia Buoni was the top table. uh, And then the other tables, uh, Kira says, were somewhat done to match the personalities of the people that were on the table. Um, So so make of that what you will. Uh, So the other tables were uh, Fly on the Wings of Love, uh, Rock and Roll Kids. I think you'd have wanted to be on that one, right? Mm, I would, yeah, definitely. Making Your Mind Up, What's Another Year, Waterloo, Hold Me Now, Fairy Tale. Hard Rock Hallelujah, <laughs> Tattoo, Euphoria, and all kinds of everything. Which one would you want to be on? I would want to be on, uh, yeah, Rock and Roll Kids. But uh, what about you? Where would you want to be sat? I'd quite like to be on Hard Rock Hallelujah. Uh, it just sounds like it would be where the chaos would happen. <laughs> That's where I want to be. What, and you'd, you'd fit right in with that chaos. A bit of wedding drama. Yeah, I'd like to be, be on there. A Lordy-inspired wedding table is uh, is a winner for me. 
Well, thanks, Kira, for, for getting us up to speed. And yes, do go and enjoy your honeymoon. It sounds like you thoroughly deserve it. But a quick mention uh, to Richard as well, who got in touch uh, with us at Eurotrip Podcast on Instagram, uh, who said, hello, um, about Eurovision in the wild and weddings. So a bit of a crossover for you, Rob. I know you like your Eurovision songs in the wild and Eurovision at weddings. So a bit of a crossover. He said, in 2022, I attended my pen pal's wedding. He goes on to I say, mean, yes. I, I, I was about to say, go on. No, do go on. Yeah, he says, yes, I really have a pen pal, a friend who, with whom I only communicate via letters and vice versa. So yeah, they still do exist, pen pals. Maybe this could be our nichest call out ever. Have you yes. ever attended your pen pal's wedding? Or maybe, <laughs> maybe we can we can broaden it out. Do you have a pen pal and have you discussed Eurovision with them? Yes, exactly. Uh, so Richard goes on to say that, uh, so he was at the wedding and Eris 2 was played uh, and everybody, at least everybody from Spain, sang along to it. So this was, of, of course, course uh, Spain's entry in 1973. Um, <laughs> also, to, to wrap that up, he says uh, his friend told him that it's a traditional song to be played at Spanish weddings. So which I didn't know that either. So, so another call out. Have you been to a Spanish wedding? And did they play Eris too? I was about to say, do you reckon they'll be playing uh, La Zora at weddings from uh, from now on? <laughs> Although, given what that song actually means, probably not. <laughs> oh, well, if you've got anything that you want to get in touch with, any of what we've just said, Eurovision songs at weddings. We always love a Eurovision song in the wild. I'm sure we'll bring that back very soon. Uh, do you have a pen pal? And have you ever discussed Eurovision with them? At Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also send us an email. We are hello at EurotripPodcast.com. And for all of our exclusive stories, of which there are always a few, you can read them over on EurotripPodcast.com. Time for all the latest news then, of which, as we've already made fairly clear, there has been plenty since we joined you uh, last Wednesday. So seven days since we last joined you, and seven new songs are out for Eurovision 2024. Uh, Just to rattle through them, we got songs from Germany, Moldova, Estonia, Denmark, Lithuania, Poland and Belgium. Um, So Germany selected uh, Isaac on Friday night. Nice to have a Friday national selection. Of course, we spoke to the German head of delegation last week as well, didn't we? So she gave us the the full insight into how that selection was going to work and and such like. Uh, I want to jump ahead to Estonia as well, Rob. Uh, Do you want to just remind us uh, who won over there and what the song is? (laughs) I was going to do this to you, so how <laughs> dare you? Uh, so this was, of course, James, uh, Five Minust and Pull Up, and they will be, of course, singing their entry, open bracket, Nendest, close bracket, Naku Tikumidest, Ietiemi, open bracket, Kul, close bracket, Midagi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, well done. Uh, not not the longest song title in the history of the Eurovision Song Contest either, as we have since discovered. Spain have had a longer one. Is it Spain 2011 or 2013? Uh, I yes, yes, yeah, Spain 2011. Yeah, but I think I'm gonna. You are sending me down a rabbit hole here. I could speak at length about it, so it's up to you whether you want me to or not. Oh, we've got three interviews to bring you on the podcast this week. Do we have the time? Go on, what, do we'll, it. No, do no. It. In fact, we'll have t- we will find time later on in the series before we get to Malma because I can go down a bit of a rabbit hole with that. Okay, okay. You can't tease people like that. <laughs> I just have, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so naturally a very busy weekend and a fascinating story in Moldova as well. So we found out that uh, Natalia Barbu, so she represented Moldova back in 2007, Well, she won the national selection again on Saturday night. But there was a bit of, I don't want to use the word controversy, because I don't think it is a controversy necessarily, but perhaps a bit of confusion about how the votes uh, were tallied and whether the jury or the public had preference, because it ended up in a tie between her and Valeria Pasha in the end. Yeah, when you collate the votes from the, the jury and from the tally vote, they they both ended up with the same number of points, didn't they? It was another one of those classic national finals where the 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 votes are converted into one to twelve points in a in a Eurovision fashion. Exactly. So although uh, Valeria Pasha 
ended up with a lot more televote points than Natalia Barbie did in the end. They just converted the ranking into points. So whoever won the televote got 12 and so on and so on. So it ended up in a tie. But it sounds like it wasn't clear from the from the get-go whether the jury would have preference in the end or the public. So it turned out it was the jury. But what it just does show is that wherever you go across Europe, the rules for national finals tend to be different when you hop across borders. So it creates a bit of drama. Love a bit of drama. You said, I think, didn't you? You sent a message in our little chat and you were like, oh, I love this. <laughs> I, did, you know, I just find it fascinating because, of course, when we get to Eurovision, we know the rules inside out. Uh, and a lot of us fans and perhaps nerds know exactly what happens when there's a tie break and, and all that sort of thing. But for national finals, they don't always follow the Eurovision rulebook and there's no reason for them to. So there is just a bit more jeopardy. And I, I do. I find it fascinating. I love it. It does show, doesn't it, that regardless of also the televote jury split, there's always something to talk about, whether it's 50-50, 70-30, 60-40, whatever it is. The fun, the fun that is Eurovision, it's just the gift that keeps giving. Exactly, exactly. Uh, also, we should quickly uh, make a, a reference to the UK, Ollie Alexander. We were hypothesising last week, weren't we, Rob, about exactly when we were going to uh, get the song. We knew it was going to be uh, March the 1st, didn't we? But I was suggesting it, we may get a tease of some sort the, the day beforehand. But we now know at 20 to 11 in the evening, we are going to get the video premiere to his song. So that's on Friday the 1st of March on Graham Norton's show. Yeah, very, very exciting. And also, that therefore means, I think, doesn't it, that the, the, the remaining question that we have is when will be his first live, live performance? performance? Are you still counting on it being the Brits the day after? That would make the most sense, so I will go with that. But yeah, it was interesting, wasn't it? We saw um, we saw Ollie and uh, Nutza from, from Georgia hanging out last week because Ollie was filming the music video in Georgia, which was very fun. Uh, anyway, shall we look back at last weekend a little bit more? Because uh, as we mentioned, Denmark selected their song uh, with the return of Dansk Melody Grand Prix. Uh, another great show from from them over in Denmark. Although, yet again, it it, it you you were you were chuckling, Rob. No, no reason. You carry on. Okay, did I make a mistake? Perhaps no, no, I did. you, did, you didn't. No, you didn't make a mistake. I think um, I think the the laughter was purely. Um, I'm not saying that I feel like this, but I think a lot of people are often quite ambivalent about Denmark, aren't they? And Dansk, and Dansk Melody Grand Prix. So you saying another great show. Some people would agree, some people wouldn't. Well, shall we chat to somebody who was there for the show and can give us an unfiltered opinion on exactly what it was like to be there? Sorry, were Sorry. you going to say something else? Well, you say unfiltered opinion. Does this person not work for the broadcaster? <laughs> Not, not not that unfiltered either, is it? However, a brilliant guest. A brilliant guest nonetheless. Ulla Topom, who is the Danish commentator uh, at the Eurovision Song Contest for DR, the, the Danish broadcaster. Uh, so he was there in the arena. If you are watching Esti Lau, you may have seen him pop up there as well because he gave the, the vote on behalf of the Danish jury. Uh, so I caught up with him uh, earlier on on Tuesday after he had jetted off for a three-week holiday to Brazil. He was speaking to me <laughs> from his hotel room in Rio de Janeiro. They, they they do often say that Denmark is the... Hold on, which way around? They do often say that Brazil is the Denmark of South America. The, right, okay, yeah, well, Denmark is the Brazil of Europe, or for that matter. Uh, so, yeah, so Ola caught up with me from his hotel room. You can hear a lot of maintenance work going on in the room next door to him, so forgive the forgive the noise but he, he makes some great points nonetheless uh, so this is what happened when i caught up with ula uh, a little bit earlier on ula welcome back to the eurotrip it's great to have you back on thank you it's great to have you back it's been far too long um i feel like i should just get to the big question to begin with which is is this song going to get denmark back to the final of the eurovision song contest I think it is. It, it was the best song for that. Uh, for, for that, I'm not sure about the other songs in Dance Melody Grand Prix if they were strong enough to get Denmark back in uh, the grand final at the Eurovision. But I think this was the. Um, it, it's it, it's the best one for Denmark. And generally speaking about that live show, it was it was a bit different to usual. We were in a in the concert hall, weren't we, in Copenhagen, rather than in an arena. And there was also no 
Danish language songs, uh, perhaps for the first time ever, or for, for the at least for the first time in a, in a long time. So the show felt a little bit different as well, didn't it? Yeah, and it was also um, a story, you know, in the days uh, before uh, Dansk Melodi Grand Prix, where are the songs in Danish? You know, a lot of people, they um, they enjoy if we have a song or two in Danish, uh, and we have always had that. And, you know, in um, for 20 years ago, uh, one of the rules in Dansk Melodi Grand Prix was that all songs has to be performed in Danish. And then you can uh, do the um, the English lyrics at the Eurovision. Uh, for instance, Olsen Brothers, they had two hits in Denmark when they won the Danish version, Smoke Some Estiana School, and then the uh, English version as, uh, as, as well. And uh, in Denmark, every people can both uh, versions of, uh, of Olsen Brothers, and that's that's really charming, I think. But uh, you know, this year it was all in English, and I know some of uh, the artists. Um, they had a Danish uh, lyrics ready for for the song, but uh, but uh, in the end it was all in uh, English. For instance, Basim, he uh, he also had a, a Danish uh, lyric for for his song, but uh, he chose to perform it in English as well. You mentioned Basim there. Of course, he represented Denmark. Uh, what, 10 years ago now, which is quite a scary thing to say because it just feels like two minutes ago, but 10 years, a decade has passed now. Was there much excitement about him returning to the competition? Do you think a lot of people in Denmark were were maybe hoping that he, he would have managed to, to go back to Eurovision again? Yeah, and he also won the public vote. It was because of the jury. We now have Saba and the song Sand in uh, the Eurovision. And it's not surprising that he was the winner of uh, of the app voting and SMS uh, voting because he's very likable. Uh, people love him. Um, the first time we um, we uh, we uh, learned to know him. It was an X Factor in 2008, I think. He was 15 years old at that time, and he has been very likable since that time. And he um, almost owned the scene, the stage at the Dance Melody Grand Prix. So uh, it was actually no surprise that he was the winner of the public. But it's no surprise either that uh, the jury had another winner than Basim. What is interesting is that after the show, the the head of Dansk Melody Grand Prix had come out and he had to sort of defend the voting process in a way because there was some criticism that Basim, even though he won the televote, a lot of viewers sort of felt that he then had a right to win the whole competition as a whole, right? Yeah, and uh, every time we have tried that the winner of Dansk Melody Grand Prix is the choice of the jury and not the public, then it's a big story in uh, in Denmark because a lot of people they wanted to be one hundred percent public vote, uh, but um, but you know it's also a result of that uh, when the um, the public is uh, choosing the winning song, then we are definitely not going to uh, the Eurovision Grand Final. Uh, that's the experience we have have learned, and um, but you know you still have to have some kind of public voting. In the uh, in the uh, in the Eurovision at the Eurovision Song Contest, the Melodi Festival, and the Dance Melodi Country. Otherwise, you know, it will not be a part of uh, a modern TV show if it's only uh, a jury who uh, is going to decide which song is the best. Then you can, you know, cancel the contest and then just uh, pick up a song for the for the Eurovision. What do you think it would mean to the the Danish people and the the Danish viewers of Eurovision if you were to get back to the final this year? Because what has it been now? Five years since Denmark was was last in a grand final. What do you think it would mean? Since Tel Aviv, I think that the debate will be different. If we are going to the grand final, then everyone are going to forget that it, um, that it was a jury song. Uh, which won the Dance Melody Grand Prix and not the public voting. But, uh, you know, if we are not going to the final, then the debate will continue in Denmark about the jury, fire the jury, and, you know, now we only want uh, public voting in Dance Melody Grand Prix. And that debate will continue if we are not going to be a part of the grand final. 
Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Let's wait and see uh, what happens. Uh, Ula, I am going to let you go now because, uh, as we know, you are a huge fan of Eurovision. We, we saw you in Dancing Melody Grand Prix at the weekend. You popped up in Esti Lowell as well to do the results. You then jetted off straight away to go to Brazil on holiday. And am I right in thinking when you fly back, you head straight to Stockholm for the final of Melfest? Yeah, because, you know, um, like everyone else, I'm a huge fan of uh, Melody Festival. And so I will be there for. Friday night and Saturday night, of course, in um, in French Arena in Stockholm. And I'm really looking forward to uh, to that one. Well, Ula, thank you so much for joining us. You get yourself away, enjoy your holiday, and enjoy Melfest. And I'm sure we'll catch up again soon. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to The Eurotrip, the world's favorite Eurovision podcast. When you aren't listening, find us on social media at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. So welcome back then to The Eurotrip. We are still waiting to hear a brilliant interview that we'll be bringing you shortly with Hera Bjork, of course, Iceland's representative at Eurovision in 2010. She's hoping to represent them again in Malmö. So we'll be hearing from her later. And we'll be chatting Belgium in two ticks, James. Uh, But first, another thing that we talked about on the podcast last week. So we talked about Eurovision at weddings, which we've already mentioned. But we also talked about, I can't quite remember how this came up. I think you brought it up. It was uh, Eurovision and Zumba. Yeah, wh- yeah, where did that come from in the end? Really not sure, but nonetheless. You, you suggested, didn't you? And again, I can't really put my finger on why. That, or maybe I suggested that we should do dance classes or dance lessons in Malmö. I certainly would not have suggested that. <laughs> I've remembered now, somebody got in touch and said that they heard a Eurovision song in the wild in a dance class in Malta. That is it. That is it. Yes. Yes. Very so well. Then, and somebody's been in touch about, and then we talked about Zumba, and somebody's been in touch about Zumba. We said, didn't we? We asked, is Eurovision on your Zumba playlist? Is, is where yes. we ended up with. Um, so Jane has been in touch on the email. So hello at eurotrippodcast.com. Uh, thank you, Jane. Uh, Jane says, not on my playlist, but a previous Zumba teacher used to slip in Eurovision tracks to classes. Um, I clearly remember these three being used. Um, so. Ale Ola Ole, France, 2010. Mm, very Zumba. <laughs> very Zumba. Uh, that almost sounds like it's a um, like an insult. That's very Zumba. <laughs> uh, La La Love, Cyprus. Very Zumba. Yeah. Uh, and Zalale, uh, Romania, 2013. Mm, uh, I don't know what, it was 2013. It was 2012, wasn't it? 2012 as well, yeah, but very Zumba, yeah. Uh, and the one that used to make us laugh and sweat the most, there's another one. Uh, alcohol is free, Greece 2013. Wow, I wouldn't have said that one was particularly Zumba, but clearly does the job. Apparently so. Well, clearly does a sweaty job. So <laughs> says Jane. Uh, uh, Jane also says, uh, she adds, a recent non-Zumba Eurovision in the wild, which we're always keen to hear. Um, James Newman, my last breath, uh, on the Blacks in-store radio in Shrewsbury. Um, Blacks is like an outdoors shop, isn't it? It's like a is it? like a like a mountain warehouse kind of vibe. Is it? Sounds sounds southern. I don't think we've got one up here. No, you must have a blacks. I don't think we do have a blacks. I'll tell you if we've got a blacks. Sorry, this is a very UK centric uh, conversation for for any of you uh... international listeners. While James searches that, I'll finish Jane's email. Uh, Jane says, "Keep up the work. Love the podcast. Thanks, Jane." Well, Jane, thank you very much for getting in touch and. As I've already said, if you would like to do the same, feel free to do that on the email. Hello at your trip podcast.com. 
Yeah, apologies. Apparently, we do have a Blacks uh, over at the Metro Centre, so not a million miles away from me. Uh, that would be the Metro Centre uh, being the large shopping centre on the outskirts of Newcastle, won't it, James? Yes. Well, you know, you, know, you could just say it in Gator. You know, I think that's... Uh, I'm sorry, James. James, if you want to listen to this podcast and you live, for example, <laughs> in Sweden or Lithuania <laughs> or Australia or, you know, where we know we have lots of listeners, they are not going to know where the Metro Centre is. <laughs> it, it, it's a large shopping centre. I think it's one of the largest in the UK. Do you live in Lithuania? Have you ever been to the Metro Centre? Oh, Get in touch. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. Uh, so, yes. Anyway, thank you, Jane, for her email and apologies that we just got sidetracked there on the location of quite a niche outdoors shop in the UK. <laughs> James, please... Take us on to Eurovision 2024, which is why we're here, because I think me and you are of the same opinion, which doesn't happen very often, and that is that Belgium may have a pretty decent chance of winning Eurovision 2024. Well, I was I was certainly pleasantly surprised when I heard the song this morning when it had been released. I know it had been sort of accidentally... <laughs> played on a radio station on on sunday evening does sound like something we do doesn't it yeah i resisted temptation and waited and then heard it this morning i was pleasantly surprised it was not the type of song i was expecting so this is before the party's over by musty and he was if my memory serves me correctly the first artist to be announced for eurovision 2024 i was in dubrovnik old town when i found that news out do you remember where you were uh, it was when you were on holiday, wasn't it? So probably, probably, probably wedding planning. It's probably at home. Mm, mm. Well, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I remember finding out that he had been selected, and I've been anticipating a song ever since. Uh, and it's been released today, as we say. So to find out a little bit more about Musti, to find out a little bit more about the song, and to find out what the Belgian people are expecting in terms of a, of a result at Eurovision, I thought we'd catch up with Sven Garain from songfestival.be to find out a little bit more. Sven, welcome back to the Eurotrip. It's nice to see you again. Yes, same, same. So last year we had a, we had a chat about Gustav and because of you. And, uh, and now here we are again. Exactly. Here we are again and we're going to be chatting about Musti, uh, his song was released uh, a little bit earlier on today as we chat, although, uh, as we mentioned, it was sort of leaked, I guess, on, on Sunday. We, we tell us about that, because uh, it was an interesting one. It got played on a radio station, and I guess they weren't meant to, were they? Yeah, that's the story that I know as well. So I don't think with our website we have already received an official statement from them, from them but I think, yeah, they're something must have gone wrong there because actually it's the official part was today um but yeah on sunday evening a radio station of rtbf already um broadcasted the song so um yeah it, it was a surprise i think for many people and as i saw in the in the in the, in the news and on social media it was a surprise for um, musti and his team as well but the reaction that we've seen since it's been officially released, I think the general response has been overwhelmingly positive. Do you agree? Yes, I've seen them. I've seen them as well. And to be uh, completely honest with you, I'm a little bit surprised with that. I think it's a good song. It's a, it's good quality. Uh, once again, uh, I think yeah, both RTBF and VRT these last years have um, done already great things and, and have already worked on the quality and, and improving the level each year. So I think the, the, the song is good. It's a good quality and a good production and so on. So you, you see there's professionals who worked on that. But for my first feeling, it was a little bit, hmm, is it something for your vision? Um, is it not a little bit too dark, a little bit too... Yeah, we have done this in the past in Belgium. We have Hooverphonic, we had mm. Senec. We have had Blanche Louis Notet already a little bit in the same uh, genre. Um, Jeremy Marquise as well a little bit in the same darker um, genre. So that, that's that's a little bit why I was surprised that it was already uh, going so high in the book, bookies as well. Yeah, it, it it is a strange one, isn't it? Because I remember when Musti was announced, I was expecting a I don't know a high tempo pop song. Uh, to to go to go along with him, but when I heard it this morning, it was quite the opposite. But it, what it feels like to me is that this is the sort of vibe that Belgium has been trying to do over the last few years. You mentioned some of the previous artists, uh, so maybe is this year finally going to be the year where 
when we see it on stage, where we see that live performance, it's really going to work for the viewers and for the juries, do you think? Yeah, you know, uh, Eurovision is always... Um... It's always a surprise. You, you cannot really for, forecast. This is yes. the correct word, I mm. think. So, I think it's 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 a it's a risk. But yeah, each year actually it's a risk. Last year, I think when Gustav was chosen, the day after we had this chat as well, and then uh, bookies were were so negative. All the reactions on social media were so negative. But then Gustav went to Liverpool. He he gave such a, a huge performance and 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 all these visuals and so on and so on, and he became surprisingly seventh so then yeah it was also a risk this year it's it's also a risk. so it's difficult to forecast it, it will depend a lot i think of the the other countries of the other songs and the other atmosphere um in this year's festival it's it's so it, it, it's always depending a little bit on the timing and the, and the moment that's the thing it is down to the live performance as we say what do you think he needs to bring because we've mentioned it it is it is quite dark but then you know it builds up into this really powerful chorus at the end doesn't it so visually i mean it's hard to guess and it's it's hard to hypothesize yes. but what what does he need to bring for for that live performance first of all i think and that's that's sometimes a challenge uh, at eurovision these days live vocals i think when, when the live vocals are um, completely right and, uh, and and can give goosebumps to to people to juries and to um, people at home then it's already a plus i think so i haven't heard him singing live yet because here in um, in flanders in, in the dutch-speaking part of belgium he's not really well known uh, um but even even if he's a good singer so we still need to see how he's doing it on Eurovision because it's a completely different. We have seen in the past that so many professional singers go to Eurovision Song Contest, but sometimes when they arrive there, they are a little bit impressed by the staging, by all these people. Uh, and then of the, the, the nerves can sometimes bring uh, some unclear notes as well. So I think, first of all, the very good vocals will be very important. And staging, yeah, good visuals. Um, work don't know what to do with dancers maybe or maybe just him alone because then it, it makes it maybe a little more dramatic so um yeah i'm quite curious about that but i really hope uh, they will bring something creative and something uh, out of the box and obviously expectations are high after last year you mentioned we spoke at this time last year when gustav had, uh, had won the national selection and maybe hopes weren't that high but then he goes and gets a seventh place at eurovision in liverpool so clearly as a as Belgian fans, you must be thinking, well, obviously we want to try and do even better than last year. Yes, of course, of course. After last year, the hopes are, are high again. Eh? I think we these last years, I think the, both broadcasters, um, RTBF and VRT, they have really done good things because Belgium, we, we, we had our very weak years on at Eurovision um, between, I think, 2004 uh, and 2013, 14, it was very difficult for us. I mm. think we had one or two qualifications and then quite good results. And then since 2015, with, with Loic, um, it, it has improved a little bit. It has improved a lot, actually. Then with some uh, lows again in 2018 and 19. And then I think with Hoover Phonic and Jeremy, the result at the end was not what, what we wanted. Um, but I think they, they, they have worked hard these delegations um, to improve each year and each year. So I think, yeah, we need to go to the, to the highest, uh, to the highest possible now and then keep, keep on track and, and keep this, this level. So uh, yeah, expectations are high, but still uh, maybe as a little bit um, a careful Belgium or how do you say it? Um, I want to, to wait until, until Malmö and, and see how things go because bookies um, are not always right. So let's, uh, let's, remain down to earth and, and, and look what it, uh, what it will bring. Absolutely. I feel like I always say, let's wait and see. That's just my phrase of national yeah, final season. We just absolutely. have to wait and see for, for Malmö. Uh, Sven, thank you so much for, for finding some time to chat to us. And speaking of Malmö, let's catch up again then uh, when we see uh, when we see Musti on the stage. Yeah, it would be great. It would be great. See you there. Thank you very much. Well, James, lovely to hear from you, as always, but even lovelier to hear from, from Sven there, talking to us about Belgium and their hopes and dreams for Eurovision 2024. And I think 
another promising result on the way. Of course, uh, Gustav did a tremendous job. And if Belgium's song can get me moving in the Eurovision Village like Gustav did last year, then they're on to a winner. <laughs> yeah, you, you certainly liked a good old boogie to Gustav last year, didn't you? I nearly put out a groin, I think, in the village at one point. <laughs> I nearly had to go and see a physio or go and see the medic. <laughs> Anyway, uh, shall we look ahead to this coming weekend? Uh, because uh, Song Verkeppenen, uh, the second semi-final over in Iceland, uh, will be hitting our screens on Saturday evening. And Hera Bjork of Eurovision fame from uh, 2010 uh, is hoping to be representing them again at Eurovision 2024. So 14 years later. Indeed, she brought us uh, Je ne sais quoi, did she not, in Oslo, one of my personal favourites from the 2010 contest. So very exciting to have uh, Hera Bjork back on the podcast. I say that as if she's been on before. She's not, but she's just the sort of person that gives off the impression of being an old friend. She gives off that Mm. vibe, don't you think? (laughs) I get what you mean, yeah, I do get that. Yeah, well, talking of old friends, we are now going to hear somebody interviewing Harry Bjork, who you may have already heard here on the Utrecht podcast, if you're a long-time listener. To the untrained ear, it may sound like James. It's not. It's James's brother. It's Callum, who writes all of our brilliant stuff up over on utrechtpodcast.com and who joined us every single day from the contest in Liverpool when we were bringing you our daily episodes from there. Well, Callum, Caught up with Hera last week, ahead of Song for Kepnin. And here's what happened when they caught up. Hera Björk, welcome to the Eurotrip. How are you? I'm good, and thank you for having me. It is our pleasure entirely. And I should probably also say, welcome back to Song for Kepnin. Many people will, of course, know you from 2010, Song for Kepnin, Eurovision, of course. But you you were there in, what was it, 2007, I think it was, in 2019? Yeah, I was in 2008 and 9 and 10. And then 15. And a little bit uh, 2019 without that, but not as a part of the delegation. Just I was there already to perform at Eurocafe and other places. So I, 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 I did a little like vocal coaching with them, which is something I also do. A little off when I need it. I can't say no. <laughs> Eurovision, you just you can never say no to it. Never. Tell me why now was the right time to come back. Because of the song. Uh, the, when I heard the song, when Austis, the writer, uh, uh, sent me the song and asked me to do it, I was just like, no, I have no time for this. And this is not like in my plans and... But then I listened to the song. It took me about 30 seconds to realize that I was wrong. It was in my plans. I was going back to Eurovision because the song is just so good. And it has all the elements I love. And it's about that. It's, uh, um, uh, I've been, I've been, I mean, I've been asked this question since 2010. Oh, uh, when are you coming back to Eurovision? And my answer has always been the same. Uh, when I get the right song, when the right song comes along, either uh, written by me and a co-writers or someone from someone else, and I will just like, okay, this it feels good in my stomach, I'll be back. So th- that's now. That is now. The song, Scared of Heights, or correct me if I'm wrong on this pronunciation of the Icelandic version, Viferumhara? Viferumhara, yeah. It's infectious, it is up-tempo, it's modern. How does it make you feel when you sing it? I love it. I really, really love to perform it. That's why I just said yes. I mean, I knew it. It, it fits my voice really well. Uh, you know, I need to work a little bit, uh, you know, to, to perform it. But still, there's nothing in there that, that's like, oh, that note. Oh, no. You know, there's no anxiety involved. Which is fantastic. I just need to go on stage and perform the song and the lyrics. And the lyrics speak to me as well, because both versions, uh, even though they're a little bit different uh, in the lyrics, but, but the core meaning of the song is do not let fear control you. Keep on going. Go higher if you're scared of heights, like for, for instance. And it's like uh, the English version is a little bit like the metaphor that you, you lose your wings when you, when you are in a, 
uh, you're ending a relationship or you're losing someone that you love. So you are heartbroken in one way or another. And you become scared of loving again because heartbroken is it's not a state that we we like to dwell in uh, and we don't like to like go there again but we have no control over it so we just have to keep on moving and grow wings again What are your goals for this this participation? Are you you're in it to win it? Are you aiming just to have fun? Tell me what what are your goals? I'm I'm always in it to win it. When I enter, I I'm in it to win it. I mean that's just my way of of doing things. And but winning it doesn't really have to be like I'm there like gloating at the others like hey look at me I'm one you know because I've I've been there. It's about getting. Um, the ticket to go further and do some more winning um, and and do some good like in this instance like in this case for my country I would love to because I actually have a message now and it's like don't be controlled by fear which is the song so it really reson resonated with uh, me and just my core and also like I said before this needs to be a conversation we have to I don't know. We, we, we just have to make peace. Nice to hear from Hera Bjork here on the podcast today. And thanks to Callum for finding the time to chat to her. He was chatting to her for, for something exciting that he is working on that you'll find out a little bit more about in the next few weeks and months. But before we wrap up today's episode, as we usually do, it's time for the one second song. Yes, indeed. James, can you remember the score? I can. I've got them written down still because I am in the lead. It is 11-8 to me. Oh, so, so I'm not that far behind then, only three points behind. So if you get no points this week, which is a possibility, and if mm -hmm. I then get the full four next week, then I could be back in the lead. I did win last year, of course. Oh, God. You remembered that you won last year, blimey. Oh, right. don't you worry. I'm still reliving the glory days in my head. Don't <laughs> you worry about that. But yes, the one second song, it is, of course, how we end every show. We play one second of a Eurovision song and the other person has to guess what that Eurovision song is. Four points on offer. We'll tell you what those points are for shortly. But James, for you and everybody listening, here is this week's one second song. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's, a, that's a confident mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is. There's there's some confidence here. Let me just have it one more. Yep. So what James is trying to guess is, of course, the name of the song, the name of the artist, the year it was performed at Eurovision and the country it was representing. So here it is one more time. I'm definitely getting something here. So this is Serbia 2019. The song is called Kruna. And she was called oh, Matt, uh, Navina Bezovic. Oh, I feel like I've really hit the post with that. Oh, I think you might have hit both posts and the bar <laughs> before it's before it's come back. Uh, James, I'm pleased to tell you that you have got. Three points, but you knew that already, right? Yes, I did. I presume you're not going to give me a point for the name of the artist. Can you be honest with me and remind me what uh, what name you said? Can you remember? I said Navina Bezovic or something. Oh, God. I really oh, hit the post and it's God. been cleared off the line, I imagine. Oh, so <laughs> I'm going to be really mean. And I think everyone listening will think I've been really mean as well. I'm going to give you three points. So it is, okay. of course, Serbia 2019. It is, uh, the song was called uh, Kruna, and it was Novina Brozovic. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> very, very close. But three points are yours, so therefore it means that you now have a 14-8 lead. Let us have a listen.
James, so, so close. Very, very well done. Uh, I don't think I'd have got it from, from just the first second, but uh, yeah, very, very well done. You're on good form this year. Yes, yeah, I'm pleased with that. And, you know, I could make a scene about not getting that fourth point, but I, I will just accept the three that I got and let the outrage from the listeners <laughs> ensue. You can you can fight my battle for me. <laughs> You're going to be the bigger person. I am. I'm going to be the bigger person. I've got a lead. I'm, I'm not going to let that go. I'm going to stick with the lead I've got. So thanks for the three points at least. Any idea why I chose that as this week's One Second Song? I've, oh, gosh, no. What have we done? Denmark? Belgium? Iceland? Not a clue. Okay. Well, uh, where was the contest held in 2014? Denmark. And... If we then look at the other two countries that we've talked about on the podcast this week, uh, we have talked about Iceland and we have talked about Belgium. So what we've done, James, strap yourself in, we have added together the points that Iceland (laughs) and Belgium scored at the Eurovision Song Contest in 2014. Now, Iceland made the grand final in 2014. Belgium, unfortunately, did not. Uh, So if you add the points of uh, Polaponk and Axel Hirsu together... Uh, you get 89 points, and that was their points in the semi-final, by the way. And what was the last song to get 89 points at the original song contest? Serbia 2019. Oh, well, anyway, that's uh, remarkably convoluted, but uh, fun nevertheless. Uh, anyway, yes, points are 14-8, uh, so that is the lead I will carry into next week, uh, which is, of course, when we'll be back with you uh, for the next episode of the Eurotrip and of course we'll be back on Monday the next episode of Malthus Monday I think James I think I think I think I might not be over promising I hope I'm not I think next week's going to be a three episode week oh don't say that to me I'm already tired I feel overworked Rob well because of course next week Monday Malthus Monday Wednesday regular episode of the Eurotrip and then of course on March the 1st we are getting the United Kingdom's entry for the Eurovision Song Contest which I feel is worthy of an episode it may well be. It may well be. We'll just have to wait and see. I say may it well. Def- you find it well definitely will be. Is. <laughs> so you can't be asking people for money on buy me a coffee and then not give them an episode when the U- UK released their Eurovision entry. Oh, well, that's a firm promise now then, isn't it? There you go. We'll be back next week for three brand new episodes. So uh, until then, don't forget you can... You can do all the usual stuff that I've totally forgotten that what I usually say at this point. Right, I always say this in the wrong order, so let's give it a go. You can leave us a review, you can rate us five stars, and you can subscribe wherever you're listening. Yes, and at YouTube Podcast on the socials, hello at YouTubePodcast.com on the email, YouTubePodcast.com is the email, and buymeacoffee.com forward slash YouTubePodcast. So, from him, James. It's goodbye. And from him, Rob. It's goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.